immersive audio podcast. In conversations with industry thought leaders, practitioners, artists, academics, and entrepreneurs, discussing all aspects of this rapidly evolving industry, from art, science, and business to practical insights and project case studies. We aim to inform, educate, explore, and unite the community. This episode is sponsored by Holoplot, the technology that features the award-winning X1 Matrix speaker array and integrated software that enables 3D audio beamforming and wavefield synthesis. Holoplot is pivoting the revolution in sound control that allows for a completely new way of designing and experiencing immersive audio on a large scale. To find out more, visit holoplot.com. Hello and welcome to Immersive Audio Podcast, episode 81, with me, your host, Oliver Cadell and Monica Bowles. Hi, Monica. Hello. How's it going, Oliver? That's not too bad. I remember I complained about hot weather for the past few episodes. It's finally nice and chilly. Uh, I'm not suffering in a hot studio. How about yourself? We, we had the first scorpion of the year in our house this morning, and that's never that exciting for me. I'm, I'm not sure I'm a big fan of scorpions. <laughs> Is that a thing? Like, you know, how many per year you get? Scorpions, snakes, and other venomous animals? Yeah, it's a, you know, it's again, yeah, living in in the desert here. It, it's interesting. You do have seasons for bugs and snakes and creatures and scorpion season has just started and um, it usually goes till about September. But then you won't see any other scorpions for the rest of the year. But, uh, you know, you start getting a few in your house every so often and they glow really bright and like a UV light and like kind of a black oh, wow. light sort of thing. It's really uh, you can you can take a light and try to find them around your house. It's pretty trippy. Yeah, I remember working on one of the episodes of Micro Monsters and there was like a scene with the two scorpions kind of dancing and fighting, pushing and pulling, and they were glowing under the moonlight. Mm. So most of them glow or just uh, this particular kind? Yeah. No, they they all they they glow like really bright in a UV light. So it's a good way to find them. You can you can take the UV light to your bed before you get in it at night and make sure <laughs> make sure you're not gonna crawl in with any scorpions. <laughs> before it turned into a natural history podcast, um, let, let's let's talk about some of the sound related news. Not a lot this week, um, although with the caveat, I'm not aware of everything that's going on. It's sort of kind of talking about things that uh, we come across naturally. Um, and uh, one of the things that did happen is uh, Spatial Connect by Dear Reality, which was uh, at some point acquired by Sennheiser, has integration for WISE. So it's WISE is a, a middleware for Unity and Unreal by Audio Kinetic. Quite, quite a niche application. Um, hard to say how many people are using Spatial Connect on a regular basis. I have done a few times. It's, uh, it's a very different paradigm of mixing spatial audio, just for those who've never heard of it before. Instead of operating, you know, user interface on a 2D flat screen, as you would do with your game engines and DAWs, so on, essentially where head-mounted display and you are in this scene and uh, you have a kind of virtual user interface in that scene and that allows you to do object panning, um, loudness level adjustments and, and so on and so forth. So basically kind of mixing in VR in situ as opposed to looking at the flat image, which could be very intuitive. And I know different people like to work in different ways. And if you spend 30 years mixing in one way, it could be extremely hard for your brain to be rewired and try this completely new paradigm. But I think it makes complete sense, this kind of workflow for these types of media. And I, th I think it, it can be really popular uh, among those who kind of get into the mixing as opposed to maybe have been doing it for a long time. Although uh, there's not that many people have been mixing immersive audio uh, for a very long time. I've always been excited about those. Uh, I mean, just being able to think outside of the box and the way that we mix and breaking out of this construct, you know, using kind of a two-dimensional, you know, kind of mix environment for mixing in 3D and the ways we can kind of break out of that. So it'll be interesting to see if, you know, now the integration with WISE, um, if that, you know, becomes a really useful workflow tool for people or not. Uh, I also, I wanted to thank everyone um, who has contributed to the survey um, that we kind of put out last week. Um, but for those who did not hear about it, I am part of the um, Immersive 
Sound Committee for the International Planetarium Society. And we have been working on putting together a survey over the past year to be able to um, see what the state of the industry is like within um, immersive audio and planetarium spaces. Um, so if you are a creator or who has worked in um, you know planetarium spaces before, or if you like a facility owner or a full dome producer or have kind of experience in that space, we have a couple different surveys oriented towards, you know, different roles within that space. But we're trying to get as many people as possible to fill this out so we can really get, you know, a good kind of overview of, you know, the challenges and, you know, the ways that people and the solutions that people are coming up with for working within these spaces. Um, so Oliver will, you know, provide the link uh, with this podcast. And, you know, if you feel like you can contribute to that, I definitely appreciate it. So thank you. Um, another thing I can meaning to mention for a while, but we always had other things to talk about, is the Audio Engineering Society conference in August, which is being organized by University of Huddersfield and our good friend and podcast regular, Hyunko Klee, as part of APL. I saw them posting... <laughs> that they completely sold out. So they sold all, all all seats or spaces for, I think, 200 delegates. Sounds like it's going to be a really busy conference. I got my ticket sorted a while ago. I got my hotel. Yeah, I just wanted just to reach out to our listeners. If if anyone, any one of you of those, amongst those 200 attendees, uh, if you want to say hello or meet for a coffee, we'll be happy to chat. Our guests today, Felix Doifel and Paul Hauptmeier. Felix and Paul, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for inviting. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Please tell us how you got into spatial audio. And I'd love to hear more about your career and journey in arts in general, because you seem to have done quite a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, maybe we'll start with Felix, yeah? My name is Felix Deufel and uh, I am a sound artist and sound engineer and I started a couple of projects over the last years. Yeah, how do I come to spatial audio when we start very first? Uh, since I can remember, I was learning and playing drums. So this was my very first um, doing music actively. And from that, I came later on to um, electronic music creation tools and um, started to produce electronic music and 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 yeah tried different uh, DAWs and so on and from there um yeah after my school i found this uh, studies called um digital media with a sound as a main focus so i uh, did my bachelor in this and uh, later on a master in uh leadership in the creative industries, which is, uh, for my term, a unfortunately disgusting title for uh, studies, but it was a very good time. And uh, uh, in both the studies, I had uh, a lot of opportunities to dive into sound as an art form, uh, like installation art, uh, uh, but also in sound design for, for film and other medias. And so, yeah, I had lots of different fields to to explore in this time. And with my first uh, full dome productions, since we were talking about it already, actually, this was my first uh, um, touch with uh, with uh, multi-channel 3D spatial immersive audio. And um, I got uh, got the chance to do a production for the Fuldom Festival in Jena and um, and had the opportunity to to do my and mix my production at the Fraunhofer uh, IDMT in in Ilmenau. And yeah, I got really um, stoked and um, impressed by their uh, studios and possibilities they have. So I I uh, applied for an internship and I did a six months internship there to test their um, uh, their 3D sound rendering, which was an amazing time and uh, also network wise an important time for me. And um, I was lucky in in a in another way at this time because uh, they were kind of renewing a wavefield synthesis studio at this moment. So. 
uh, a lot of panels were basically kicked out and um, I got the chance to, to grab some of those um, panels and from that built my own, uh, my first own 3D sound system with, with 30 channels at this time for also for a specific project at that time we uh, I constructed a, a dome construction and did a yeah we did a, a interactive uh, audiovisual uh, installation in a mobile dome and for that reason and for that purpose I built like this uh, uh, first 3D sound system um, yeah from there like uh, 3D audio uh, in in many different aspects became more or less like the focus of my creative work and um, from there I started to do uh, a lot of workshops and labs and always with the uh, with the aim to to make this technology also accessible to more people because I was so uh, so impressed by the possibilities and by by having this opportunity I, I had and I wanted to share this and that's why um, I started that time with my collective at that time also doing like uh, workshops and laboratories uh, so to invite other artists and people to to get the opportunity to to work with this yeah so from that um, from these more and more experiences uh, and also exchange with with different artists from all kind of fields uh, that came more and more and also from from my own projects I created at that time um, there came more and more um, the need for a tool for spatialization, uh, especially also for live purposes, but also for different installative uh, purposes. And that uh, was the time when um, I started creating a software um, for spatialization, and which I'm still in the development at the moment, and hopefully end of this year or next year, um, it will be released. And yeah, for this, I founded the Not A Number uh, studio, Yeah, which is one part of, of Not A Number is like the software development. And another part is uh, doing compositions, uh, mixes and planning uh, sound systems for museum purposes, uh, and not only museum, but in exhibition context um, and all of my projects or our projects it's not a number are basically art related so um it's always in cooperation collaboration with with other artists and and for um yeah different scenarios of exhibitions and, and museum installations and yeah so this was in 2019 uh, when i founded the not a number studio and then in 2020 um this is where our ways from Paul and uh, me come together. Uh, we we coincidentally met because Paul and Martin, our other colleague from Zimt, they were coming back to Leipzig uh, after a break and uh, they heard about the Not a Number studio and uh, so so we met at the Chaos Computer Club Congress in Leipzig. And, and had our first talk and exchange. And from that on, um, yeah, we actually did a, a lot of things uh, very much together since then. And yeah, the biggest thing was, um, apart from them uh, also joining the studio here and uh, having their own studio in, in our yard here, um, apart from that, they also, um, we founded the Zimt together, yeah, which was like, uh, uh, a big thing in, in 2020 for us uh, to, to start this institution from scratch. But yeah, but about this, I think we will go in detail later on. And yeah, so my personal artistic work uh, is, uh, I have a big focus on, on field recordings for the last uh, several years. Um, I'm focusing on um, recordings, on spatial recordings of natural quietness and try to conservate um, in the good, uh, in a good old soundscape manner, uh, try to conservate like natural quietness uh, on, on some abundant places whenever I have the chance to reach them. 
and transport those unique soundscapes in artificial uh, installation um, spaces or, or art spaces to be then perceived again um, by a wider audience, um, yeah, to give the one or the other effect uh, to the listeners. My name is Paul Hauptmeier. I guess I was always been interested in music and especially in sound experiments since my early teenage years. I've always been recording with microphones and doing weird uh, experiments with feedbacks or whatever I could think of at that time. And um, so after I graduated high school, I decided to study composition. I was super happy um, to be accepted at um, the music school Franz Liszt in Weimar. And I was able to study with Robin Minard because Robin Minard was is just such a great sound artist and was an amazing influence from my entire career in life. Um, so, yeah, I think this is also... So I, I kind of studied in a pretty traditional way, electroacoustic composition in a way, I, I mean traditional in a way that I mean it's, uh, yeah, it has a long tradition, of, it's, it has an academic background. And But what was kind of really special for me in, in this study program with Robin Minar especially is that, um, I mean, generally in electroacoustic music, but with him especially that space as a musical parameter and uh, the notion of space as a um, as an artistic statement uh, was al always so important. So since my beginnings of the studies, like uh, thinking about space was really important. And both in like if I would do a piece for for a stereo system or if I would do an installation, use a lot of speakers or whatever, but just thinking about space has always been since the start of my program super important for me. And then on, on the other hand, like this program gave me a lot of freedom to experiment because um, we had a great kind of laboratory studio with over, I don't know, like 40, 46 different loudspeakers. So it was kind of like uh, meant to be seen also as a loudspeaker orchestra to, to in kind of the French way, uh, specialize electroacoustic music. Uh, on this loudspeaker orchestra. But on the other hand, it was also just a great multi-channel system with amazing speakers, like uh, really good Maya sound speakers and DNB speakers and all sorts of things. So um, I was actually able to experiment a lot in this room and just build different speaker configurations, build like small domes or as also weird asymmetrically uh, speaker setups and yeah, just, just really experiment with, with all sorts of speakers and shapes of systems. Um, so I think during th that time, I, I got really into multi-channel uh, multi audio, um, both for installations, for sound installations, and also for live electronic or electroacoustic music. Yeah, and also at some point, um, Robbie Mina like, created a, or um, installed a small but really high quality uh, loudspeaker dome also in one of the studios. So there I did my first kind of uh, dome, uh, real 3D sound compositions, which was also another like really interesting step for me. Also, I studied there together with Martin Recker, who Felix already mentioned, who is one of our co-founders as well. So, um, and Martin and me have been since that time because we studied together been working a lot as an artist doer actually so a lot of my work and my compositions um, and installations I did with him and a lot of the, this experimenting with sound and speaker systems I did together with him actually yeah so so this was kind of like my my study time in, in Weimar which was super influential for me and then in 2018 I uh, went to study at uh, UCSD in San Diego for one year which was also a super interesting time for me. And there I kind of got a little bit more into also other aspects of uh, immersive audio. I was at that time really interested in augmented reality and created my first um, kind of augmented reality sound installations uh, for iPads and phones, which is still kind of like an interest that I have and uh, that I'm combining with my more analog uh, uh, interests in, in um, sound projection. 
yeah, so, and since then I've been just working a lot as a freelancer in different uh, different situations. And for example, um, like maybe like one of these uh, combinations of the analog and uh, augmented reality realm was that uh, last year at um, the 2022 um, Biennale uh, Venice Biennial, um, I did this augmented reality sound installation that is kind of a hybrid thing because it's um, not using iPads or anything um, like a, a classic augmented reality app, but it um, still uses binaural renderings um, and really precise um, 3D position tracking of the audience in the space. And then lasers to give like visual references um, in the room. Yeah, so this is just maybe like a, one example of how this how these two worlds kind of meet. And apart from that, I did a lot of multi-channel sound installations together with Martin Rekka, um, where we where we built, for example, also built a lot of sound sculptures out of speakers. Um, we had an installation where we kind of um, that was dealing with uh, really li- long. Um, processes of uh, radioactive decay. So we kind of built a timeline out of uh, 30 speakers that were kind of growing as a timeline through the space, actually inside a 3D sound dome. <laughs> so um, yeah, we also experiment a lot with building building sculptures out of speakers or doing all sorts of things and just experimenting with different setups and technologies. And then, as Felix mentioned, uh, we uh, gladly met in, in Leipzig and, um, yeah, it was a really good match and we were super happy that we could join kind of like this environment uh, there, build our own studio there, and then uh, we founded the, the Zim together. Paul, that's a great segue. Um, to get into talking about Zimt and uh, the Center for Immersive Media, Art, Music, and Technology. Could you talk about that a little bit more? What is it and um, what do you all do and what is your mission? Good that you mentioned the others because uh, we were not only the two of us founding the Zimt. As we said already, uh, Martin Recker was an important part of it, Nina Buttendorf, Jakob Gruhl, and uh, Jason Langheim. Um, so we were a founding team of around uh, five, six, six people. And yeah, we came together all with this uh, one ambition and, uh, and fascination for spatial audio and 3D sound. And we all come from different backgrounds, uh, composition or media art. Um, or Nina is a photographer and, and media designer, for example. But we were all fascinated by this opportunity to create a space where we can make uh, this technology, first mainly 3D sound, but then also others, uh, to make these technologies accessible for artists and also for audience. So we did simt- we consider it um, not to be like a pure 3D audio concert hall, but uh, we consider it to be at a gallery, a sound gallery, a production space, a research lab, and also a network, of course, which is very important. Bringing all this together in one space was was the main goal. And um, since what Paul already mentioned, we are here in uh, one yard in Leipzig, uh, which we founded uh, with other people seven years ago as a atelier house space. So we have a lot of creatives uh, on the yard. Um, I think we are around 60 people at the moment having studios, ateliers and workshops here. In 2020 was the moment where we where we could rent like several other spaces from the yard. And uh, we did this and um, that's how we came together and, and took the initiative to, to found the Zimt. And we got this uh, beautiful old crane hall and started renovating it from scratch. And uh, yeah, it was and bumped right into p- pandemic, of course, uh, in 2020, like shortly after we 
the the decision to to rent the space the uh, pandemic hit but yeah it g gave us more time to to do like the uh, the dirty work of uh, renovation and basic installation of electricity and all this stuff which which needed to be done here but then as i said the main the main goal was to provide an appropriate stage and and workspace for for artists to work with uh, with new media technologies to explore those technologies to to have access to work with it to make it like kind of uh, easy accessible and also on the other hand for audiences to 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 experience um, these kind of immersive art uh, forms uh, in an appropriate way which was not given uh, at least not in Leipzig and also spatial audio is always hard to 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 experience it or rare to to get uh, fortunately more and more spaces come up and also of course bigger institutions work with the format yeah so what we do for 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 doing this so like the, of course the first thing was to to get the space make it run make it uh, accessible uh, put uh put like equipment from different sites together to 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 we installed like uh we have a 32 channel 3d sound system uh like fix installed in 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 the hall in our uh, venue but we also have like another space next to it uh, which is more like a workshop space uh, or a multi-purpose space for yeah for workshops and different programs so as an institution we we initiate different programs um, like from concert series uh, exhibition series to uh, two educational programs and networking uh, festivals and so this is um, yeah these are the different things we do for example we do like for three years now uh, a concert and exhibition series uh, this year it's called swim spatial works and immersive music where we host around eight artists uh, to give concerts and another five artists to present uh, uh, exhibitions and yeah we are not only inviting artists uh, who come with their ready-made uh, pieces mixed for the system but of course we provide the artists then in in this format we provide a, a kind of a micro residency we call it so the artists come here three four days before their show and they uh, they can use our facilities here in the not a number studio and as well as the Zimt Hall to to prepare their pieces and work on their mixes and work on their live performances and whatever. Always important for us also to have like this combination of creation and presentation of of pieces and artworks. We also initiate different forms of knowledge sharing programs, uh, such as workshops and other residency formats and or the immersive sound festival which is gonna be for the second time uh, in the end of this year in, in december this time and also yeah other networking projects ah yeah the the new thing we we not only um what i said uh, in where we come from and our fascination has always been immersive audio or spatial audio um but we also have now um, since the beginning of this year, a 300-degree projection setup, and we are more and more uh, for different technologies. But I think uh, maybe Paul can give an, an insight into this. I think Felix gave a good introduction about a lot of things that are that the Zimt is doing, and and what 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 was important for us, or still is important for us. I just maybe wanted to say that uh, one thing that was really important for us was just also this accessibility, um, and. With accessibility, I mean also in terms of providing such a space as we have with uh, technology, like a 32.2 channel sound system, etc., in a non-academic uh, situation. Because I don't know how it is in other countries, but in, in Germany, it is like kind of we all came from universities. So we had access to these studios and these sound systems. And we were only able to learn like all these um, softwares and equipments uh, because we had access to these university 
uh, their surroundings. But not all artists come from this kind of academic background, and uh, still there's a like so many great artists who do such an amazing uh, works of art and music, and uh, don't have these academic backgrounds. Yeah, so we felt like it's uh, it's a bit sad that that this kind of uh, all this technology often gets kind of buried in this institutional backgrounds. And often also, if you leave the university, you don't have access anymore. And also for like public presentations and concerts, sometimes uh, it's just nice to be also in the space outside of the university. I mean, I also really appreciate the university spaces, but it just also brings sometimes a different vibe to it if you have a kind of like a more DIY um, or like is more grown from itself, like a space like this. Yeah, so for us, it was always important to build this space and to make it accessible and to invite people who have experience and also to invite people who have no experience with 3D audio and like help them to gain experience. And so we also initiated open calls for people who had no no, uh, no like um, experience and we did a lot of teachings and um yeah, workshops, as Felix said. And so this has always been like one really important uh, idea of the ZIMT. We initiate those uh, formats and projects um, as much as we can. And on the other hand, we also, of course, rent the space out uh, to other projects who, who, who want to do, who want to use the facilities, to use the space, to use the technologies uh, and create their projects here. So this is also one important part of the ZIMT uh, concept so because we we barely can uh, can handle to 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 play the uh, the place like uh, every single day but then there's a what what was very nice to see that there's such an, a, a massive interest of uh, projects which um, uh, write us a um, hey can we come here to to make this production uh, to test these things out and stuff like this so this is also uh, opens a, a whole field for for experiments we in our team maybe didn't even think of and which which is uh, always a very nice exchange and. Um, and and great opportunity for um, for all participating parties to collaborate in this way. The theme we wanted to cover today is shareability of knowledge amongst the immersive audio community. It's something that's quite relevant to us for obvious reasons. I want to talk to you guys about this, explore the from what perspective you're approaching this particular issue or maybe not necessarily an issue, maybe something you um, looking into the future and, and trying to prevent um, the typical lack of connection and lack of systems that allow us to share and exchange the information and uh, artifacts, particularly within this space and community. So with that in mind, Let's talk about specifically the Spatial Audio Network Germany initiative that you've been involved with. And can you explain how and why it was founded? Yeah, the Spatial Audio Network Germany, the SANG project, just came uh, over the years. We get we get a lot of requests from from artists and creatives to to ask us, hey, how can we implement three uh, D audio somehow uh, in this and that project? And and can you um, when is the next workshop happening and so on? And so this was one one thing we said. Okay, we have to kind of feed these requests. And um, the, of course, also like the um, the exchange with other uh, institutions or studios um, which have similar approaches is uh, always a, a very important part for our networking. So, uh, yeah, then we had the chance to apply for some fundings which uh, kind of fitted in this direction. And... Um, yeah, we were happy enough to to get it, and we we got like uh, our colleagues from space from uh, Berlin and uh, our friends from um, Media Apes in Mannheim on board to have this a bit more spread uh, uh, over Germany. These possibilities and this uh, this program and this uh, what we 
wanted to create. And so we created this um, uh, Spatial Audio Network Germany project, which is now uh, for one year on. Um, I, I mean, like it's running uh, in a total length for one year at the moment. We really hope we can extend it and and extend it also. But for this year, we have like uh, 18 to 25 uh, project coachings and mentorings, which means that we have uh, actually at the moment, it's uh, still open, uh, our open call uh, for this workshop and mentoring program where artists, musicians, uh, but also venues or, um, or in any case who wants to, to work with uh, spatial audio formats can apply for a mentoring uh, at, at one of the uh, institutions partnering up in this project. Yeah, so you can apply for, for a mentoring uh, and a workshop and this can either be you can come here use the studio uh, and get introduction into different software tools it can also mean uh, you get kind of like a consulting how to uh, yeah which kind of tools might maybe fit for the needs of your project um, also like the main question is like uh, musically um, how can we bring spatial audio on stage now uh, with um, with uh, Apple 3D music uh, and so on? This question becomes like a really relevant topic and we, we, we have uh, lots of requests uh, uh, on how this can be actually realized because the one thing is to bring out your mix in, in a spatial mix for binaural, but uh, yeah music also wants to be presented in a live format and this was actually the yeah the reasons to to create this project like all those requests and uh, and the need yeah apart from the workshop mentoring program in in, in the sang we also uh, do two think tank events which will both take place in december this year as well um, one uh, with our friends in Berlin from Space Lab, and uh, the other the other think tank will be here in Leipzig at the ZIMP, and we will cover different uh, topics from um, yeah around this subject: how to bring spatial audio on stage now, and what does it need, and what possibilities are there, what scales are there, and um, yeah, we want to gather uh, different experts from 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 different fields, be it like venue owners, be it uh, sound system providers, be it sound engineers, and and of course artists and musicians, and bring them together to discuss these topics. Yeah, maybe that also one inspiration uh, for this song was to think about the compatibility between different systems that exist in Germany, but also in Europe and uh, everywhere in the world, basically, and to think about how, yeah, that, that it's kind of important to get to uh, get into a really in-depth, also technically, exchange between the different venues uh, to think of how can we actually translate a 3D audio production that was done in one space to another space. So, because there are so many so many spaces coming up and a lot of them also use proprietary software which uh, also sometimes makes a lot of sense but uh, then we think it would make a lot of sense to for artists like also giving the artist the op uh, opportunity and the possibility to to work in a way that they can kind of show their works and show the production at other venues yeah so so this is one thing that that where we think it makes a lot of sense to connect all these venues and uh, think about approaches how, how how you can deal with this topic and maybe also for to to say something about this uh, topic in uh, in the context of zimt so because i think this this is maybe something that is uh, maybe I don't, I don't know all of the spaces how they work but maybe special for us also that we uh, we are really not focused on one one type of audio rendering like uh, we are super open in in these terms so also our team is kind of diverse so we have people who uh, who have uh, like um, who are experts in one software and others who are more experts in other softwares but in general like um, 
we use a lot of different renderings and like we as a team try to just uh, keep up to date what what pops up and try all these different things and um, when we do like uh, mentorings uh, with artists for example we really try to not force them into using one or the other system but just pointing out the advantages and disadvantages of each system because so far I can tell that for me there's no perfect solution yet. Yeah? So there's always advantages and disadvantages. And it's just uh, super important to analyze like the, the kind of needs that the artists have and then to decide, okay, how can we approach this? Or do we maybe even combine like different systems together? Um, yeah, this is kind of like really the approach of Zim that, that we, we are kind of in an ongoing experimenting, researching trying softwares out, trying them out with the artists in a concert situations, then see how this can translate to another system. And um, yeah, so so we we are not like focused on uh, developing our own 3D rendering system, but more focused on checking them out. And yeah. I've always said it's like choosing, you know, a different microphone or choosing a different EQ. It's like each algorithm has its own sound to it and it kind of depends on what sound you're going for um, and kind of the choice of what algorithms you want to work with to be able to do the spatial decoding. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I mean, it's uh, yeah, for sure it's connected to sound, but it's also connected to workflows and, and other things and integrations to software. I mean, it's also connected on which DAW you want to use and how the integration is in, in each one of them. Yeah, So you just need to, if you if you have a multitude of different artists from different backgrounds, you also need to be like super flexible in, in the kinds of tools that you're using as a concept venue or that you're proposing to them. Because we are not, as I said, like we are not only inviting people who already bring a finished production here, but like this kind of residency concept is also really strong within our idea. Yeah. In terms of uh, shareability of knowledge, we have now since this year also the Open Thursdays, um, like an open uh, workshop space for experimenting with spatial sound in our studios. And it's uh, going every every second Thursday over the whole year where we just open up the Zimt, uh, which means we open up like all our spaces. So we have like the concert hall with the 32-channel sound dome. We have the Not A Number studio with the 24-channel sound dome um, and other workshop spaces uh, with smaller speaker systems. Um, and we have it's run by always two uh, audio experts. Um, so it's uh, just a really open format where people can come from any background and... Um, yeah, any level of experience, and we are just here for a time frame of always five hours in the afternoon, um, and it's super interesting because it's always a different group of people, and uh, we always see who comes and what's their interests, and uh, then we kind of divide the different spaces and studios, uh, and kind of like the um, divide also the time between the people, so. You could also just come and work in the studio for for an hour or so if you're like super advanced and don't need any help. But usually it's more like a super interactive uh, skill sharing process where we always have like these two experts that can answer a lot of questions and can introduce a lot of tools. But also people are coming back uh, and now have been there for several times and can help the others. And so sometimes we have... Uh, in the one studio, a group that is just like uh, testing and um, yeah, trying to understand the differences between the different softwares and the sound that are connected to it. Other studio, we have a completely different topic that is maybe much more advanced and going really into detail. Um, so yeah, this is like this new new workshop series that we started this year, and that is so far going on pretty pretty great because uh, it's just addressing. Uh, a huge audience from from many different places, actually. But um, and you could say it's uh, uh, maybe a bit locally, but um, it seems so because we are doing this in Leipzig in Germany. But it seems that um, the kind of the offer that we are doing is uh, so interesting to people that actually a lot of people came already from Berlin, which is okay because it's just like a one-hour train uh, train ride, but. We also had people coming from West Germany, from Rostock, uh, from Hamburg and Hannover. 
who are just coming for this like one afternoon workshop uh, to to Zimp because they really wanted to try some something out on a 3D sound system and they didn't have the had the chance at their own city. So both of these initiatives that you know you're working on, I mean Zimt as well as the Spatial Audio Network um, Germany. I mean they're very large initiatives um, for being able to kind of bring you know people together and teach people about immersive audio and form a community around that. Um, what does it take to organize and run these initiatives? And you know what have been some of the challenges and what do you feel like have been some of the successes? So it needs a lot of motivation, I would say. <laughs> and enthusiasm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. yeah. but um, this was always, as I, as I said before, it was always a big dream to, to, to bring this out and make this accessible. So, and um, the next step after, after having my studio here was, uh, yeah, to, to kind of have like a public venue. And, but yeah, we're still on the way to, to be like this, um, um, it's, it's still in a growing process, uh, but like uh, I'm, I'm really uh, quite proud and happy because we are really like a, a extraordinary team. I would say. I mean, we are in the fourth year already, and we are doing a lot on voluntary basis. So it's not that we can hire all the people working here, uh, or or even ourselves. So. This is uh, what I mean. It needs a lot of enthusiasm and it needs a lot of voluntary work fr from the whole team. And uh, this over such a long time is really uh, is really something what, what the whole team does here uh, without uh, any major fights or anything, which can uh, easily happen in those situations, I would say. Then, of course, it needs to, yeah, we, we all needed to develop more and more skill in fundraising and, and different administrative things and like ah, dealing dealing with different authorities yeah and uh, and so on to to make to make it happen and to make it then really accessible publicly and yeah so i think this was uh, and of course the fi uh, the financial part is, uh, is is always something uh, we are we are struggling with and for in terms of making more and bigger funding applications. And uh, this is a very important part of our work also, yes, to, to administrate. Besides, uh, we would love to only play around in, in the hall ourselves, <laughs> which uh, sometimes comes really short nowadays for us, but uh, it's always like such a big uh, pleasure uh, to to see then and hear the concerts and, and the shows here, which which makes us realize, ah, okay, that's that's why I spent uh, so many hours in the office again the last three months or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I would also say that like Zimt is a, is a lot based on like this teamwork and, uh, and just, yeah, on, on our team and how like the enthusiasm, but it, It was also growing so much because we got so much feedback um, from really everywhere and uh, so many people are interested in, in this project. And we had amazing concerts here also like for the city. I think it, it is a, it's an interesting space that is growing here. Um, but yeah, also nationally and internationally, we have so many connections and people that we are discussing over different topics and um Yeah, it's just such an interesting exchange came out of this project that is uh, then again motivating us to to keep going and uh, to to run the thing and yeah, it's it's still growing and it's uh, it's still like uh, develop, developing in many ways um, technically, but also like from the structure of our team and how how we approach things and yeah, as as Felix said, it's also still a struggle. It's also still fun. <laughs> So do you have any favorite performances um, or installations or artistic collaborations that you've hosted so far? Um, there have been so many. I don't know, like, for example, we had Natasha Barrett still during the pandemic here. We had uh, Thomas Ankerschmidt was doing a really amazing performance. I think his first, like, first full dome kind of uh, production here. Um We had a really super interesting uh, video installation by Julian Chayer, where Felix did the sound production. 
we had what else? We had uh, Patrick Franke, the great field recordists, uh, and who played together with Chris Cole. Uh, a really calm concert that was also super interesting last year. We had uh, Maya Arti here. She played also a really, really nice production. And um, I'm just scrolling a little bit through. It's been a lot of concerts. Last, last month, uh, uh, Miriam Gvinashvili was here. Also really nice, together with Portrait XO. And there's also so many really different as, like artists. Um, so, I don't know, we just counted it up recently, no? Like, was it like 54 concerts, something like this in the last two years? Yeah, it's so cutting edge. It's there's there's real scarcity in terms of the opportunities to be involved hands on with these kind of things. So it's really unique. I guess that's why people are happy to travel across the country or travel internationally to have a chance. Um, so there's also, I guess, the Spatial Audio Network Europe initiative in the making. Um, you know, what is that? Uh, how does it differ from the national program and? How are you planning to approach the international community? Yes, it's in the making and hopefully in the beginning of next year, we can start with the Special Audio Network Europe, the SANE project. And um, what is the main difference? I mean, the difference is, of course, there's more institutions involved. Uh, not that we that there is not more institutions in Germany we would like to get on board in the SANE network and uh Maybe at this uh, point also want to point out our openness for more collaborations uh, in, in terms of the SANG project as well. Um, it's just always also a, a bit a, a matter of um, yeah, how much fundings can you gather together and how many people or uh, initiatives can you get on board them uh, and and also like yeah give possibilities um, financially to to participate um but uh the sane project yeah it's uh, the the main difference it's uh, it's bigger there's more partners involved um, i think we have around uh, nine partners all over europe uh, involved and um, there is also universities involved so we have like uh, one f one focus um, of of this project will be um, artist productions so uh, that each initiative uh, will host residencies to create pieces and uh, then what Paul uh, added before also uh, the very important question how can we transport all these pieces to the different venues and also um, uh, think or develop or um, create uh, different streaming scenarios so we can stream from one venue to the other and uh, so this uh, research and development part uh, for 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 this compatibility aspect is uh, is one uh, main aspect which which is like an addition to to the to the national uh, network project uh, we initiated and yeah so as i said then we want to have like this uh, residency program programs and, and artist creation part um, then to to travel those pieces and um, for making this traveling of the pieces uh, possible we we have this research and development part to to work on those solutions and implement them uh, with all partners well it's very cool and really exciting and it's great to hear kind of how this is taking off in the sense of, you know, all these spatial audio facilities that are getting built and now trying to connect, you know, all of those spatial audio facilities that are out there and creating more knowledge sharing opportunities and more access, you know, to spaces for people to be able to come and learn and to be able to start creating in spatial audio. Yeah, it's a great, great, great work and great initiatives. So um, we definitely applaud both of you for having the passion and the willpower to um, take this on and work on, you know, doing so much for the community in that space. I mean, like apart from these programs, what we already mentioned, uh, we do host residencies and we have like one fixed collaboration with the 
Goethe-Institut Bangalore, uh, which sends uh, and and uh, uh, sends out artists from Bangalore and India uh, to Leipzig uh, to to be here for a one to two months residency. But we are also hosting uh, free residencies for artists or creatives who apply uh, or just uh, freely uh, write us and say, "Hey, can we come here for?" for a certain amount of time and 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 use use facilities here or get some some introductions and some mentoring for our projects so this is also um, an opportunity to access the space and bring your own project and and work here we, we've talked a lot about you know your initiatives and uh, if you want to talk a little bit more about you know what you envision for the future of these initiatives and how you feel like they can um, add, you know, to the um, empowerment of, you know, spatial audio technology and immersive productions as we move forward. One of the most important things for for the development of uh, of the scene of immersive audio productions uh, or immersive productions in general is that um, more artists and audience get get access to it. Yeah, so that actually. It, the content is still the most important thing. So there's already so so many great possibilities uh, in terms of technology. And uh, I think it's super amazing and great that there's uh, an ongoing development. Of course, uh, I'm super happy to see also where this is leading. And uh, we are always happy to follow this. But uh, the second super important thing is that, um, yeah, art is really kind of, it shouldn't be such a, such a special thing anymore that only specialized artists are working in uh, spatial mu music, uh, special audio productions. So, um, yeah, for me, I see the future really that um, all, all musicians kind of um, have access to, to these possibilities and um, try out and see what, what musical, um, how important as a musical parameter space can be and uh, how important it is an artistic uh, tool, kind of uh, the composing of space can be. This is uh, one thing that I, I would hope for the future, that it just gets more and more and more. And uh, therefore, we get more and more and more interesting artworks and, and productions that we, that we can all experience. Um, yes, uh, like that's always like our... Our ideal also like that content is king. Like it's a very important thing what Paul said because um, you can have the greatest uh, technology if uh, non-creative people uh, are using it. Uh, it will be nothing special to experience. So um, that's that's very uh, very very important uh, for also for the development of technologies that creative people um, um, also. Um, yeah, use them and then kind of change them or form them for their purposes or for use them also for other purposes, which they are not meant to be, of course. And um, what uh, what we, what our future or like uh, maybe the present future here at SIMT is uh, we, we, we are trying out uh, different things um, regarding beamforming and... Um, and uh, sound lasers so um, yeah that's what I think uh, because we, we always have uh, our dome system but like to really beam sounds into the room is another dimension uh, which which will break the ice uh, a second time maybe in in kind of uh, these spatial audio experiences and uh, will we'll add a, a another real three-dimensional uh, component to it so so we are trying to experiment with different kind of uh, sound projection um, uh, technologies yeah for example we are in touch at the moment with the guys from uh, sonable which uh, developed the eco speaker as a sound projector and uh, we are very uh, happy to have the possibility to to try this uh, system out soon here. Or we've been also working with uh, Michael Axtelar, who developed a, a sound uh, uh, array uh, for beamforming. And 
mounted it on a movable, tiltable um, platform. Um, or we had a project last year with Victor Masson, a very special sound artist and uh, a special crazy engineer also who develops like like really crazy tool and he developed like one um, ultrasound beam also like a, a, a big array with I don't know I think around 1000 uh, membranes uh, also on a tiltable uh, uh, platform and uh, this was also like um, yeah a really crucial experience I would say like because I could first time feel the sound on my skin through these uh, ultrasound um, waves and, and, and sound beams it was really impressive and yeah the combination of like uh, like those surrounding dome spherical setups with like more punctual and 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 and, and sound beam technologies i think is is very interesting for us at the moment and we want to experiment more with this and then of course find tools and and workflows how to how to creatively work with these setups without uh, only being caught in drawing automations or <laughs> um, yeah what is the best way to find out more about yourself and the work you do yeah so everybody is warmly invited to visit us in Leipzig um, so we have a lot of shows um, coming up always and um, the workshop series or uh, whatever so you're, you're always happy to, to come in person and um, other than that of course you're Warmly invited to visit our website, uh, which will also in the near future get a <laughs> complete update. So if you're going right now, you will maybe see the old version, but uh, soon there will be a new version. On uh, but there you kind of see what we already did and uh, what's coming up. Um, and you can see also the different members of our teams. Um, so our ZIMT website is called... Uh, Z-I-M-M-T dot N-E-T. Um, so, yeah. And this is, um, I think, the place also on Instagram or wherever you can find us anywhere. Yeah, maybe maybe to name a few programs, like um, actually tomorrow there's the premiere of Schlager Sahne, a musical theater, uh, which was produced here and is shown here. Uh, next Thursday we have the open Thursdays again and on uh, at the same day we also have the exhibition opening of Mars is a Woman um, also a fantastic um, immersive audiovisual installation and um, yeah feel free to come by get in touch with us uh, we have our contact email also online on our website and yeah we are looking forward to to meet you here. What piece of advice could you give that really helped you in your career? Oh, it's always difficult to, to say something so general, but but for me, uh, I would say it's um, uh, working together with other people, really. Just be open. Don't try to, uh, to just follow your own kind of way, but be really open for collaborations. Also, also interdisciplinary works can... Uh, can make you profit in so many ways. So I work a lot with artists from different fields that are not connected to sound necessarily. But also I do a lot of uh, projects, uh, sound installations together with other sound artists. And I find like this collaborations always uh, super fruitful for me and I learn uh, the most things out of, out of these projects. So uh, this would be my advice. Don't always do everything or think you have to do everything by yourself, but uh, be open for collaborations. Yeah, that's nicely said. I would say like um, that networking and contacts was always a big uh, part of my work and uh, an important part. So never be shy to get in touch with the people you are impressed by or which you are uh, impressed by their works or whatever just get in touch and and exchange thank you for your time thank you for talking to us feeling dank thank you so much for inviting us it was a pleasure to be here and uh, telling you our stories <laughs> vielen dank vielen dank yeah and also many thanks uh, to you to uh, for doing in general this amazing podcast like uh, also for us this is a great resource and 
Thanks so much. Yes, thank you. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to show your support, please consider becoming a Patreon. Not only are you supporting us, but you will also get special access to bonus content and much more. Find out more on our official Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash immersive audio podcast. You've been listening to the Immersive Audio Podcast, hosted by Oliver Cadell and Monica Bowles. This episode was produced by Oliver Cadell and Emma Reese and included music by Rhythm Scott. Got an idea for an episode or want to comment on something we've discussed recently? Drop us an email at podcast at 1618digital.com or find us on Twitter at iAudioPodcast. If you've enjoyed our show, head to our page on iTunes and leave us a review and rating. It really helps us out. Visit immersiveaudiopodcast.com to access show notes and other episodes and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening. Looking for more audio-related podcasts to listen to? We're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance, featuring a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. Be sure to hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.